Welcome to Big Hospitality's United We Stand podcast. I'm Jolie Trario and today we're speaking to Honest Burgers co-founders Tom Barton and Philip Ellis. Honest Burgers has responded to the coronavirus crisis with impressive proactivity, keeping staff engaged through 80s themed hit classes and state of the nation addresses, cooking food for charities and even working to find furloughed staff temporary work in other sectors. So thanks uh, very much for, for joining us guys. Uh, how are you doing today? Very good, nice and busy, you know out about <laughs> well you may not have been uh, out and about as much as you'd want to be but you have been doing a lot to um keep your staff and the business going in 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 some way yeah yeah so i'll take this one so basically we um decided quite abruptly actually when it when stuff started getting pretty real um in london mainly we were like okay we don't feel comfortable sending our guys out um to, to, to go to work so we shut up shop for delivery um quite quickly and it turned uh, we had a lot of stock in our prep kitchen um so a lot of beef mainly um so we were like what we're going to do with that so we had the idea to um basically turn a prep, our prep kitchen into a ready mills production line and we were hearing from a few charities that the nhs um, rightfully is getting a huge amount of um, support right now because of you know obvious reasons um, but because of the attention that the NHS is getting a lot of other charities are actually being um, and not receiving um, as much attention as they used to uh, sorry not as much support as they used to so we have Harvard we started working with City Harvest and they their goal is to try and help people um, who are really struggling through this mostly with financial difficulties um, a lot of people who would be getting um, income support, whose children would be getting free school meals. Um, so, you know, that's five school meal, five meals a week that their parents are now having to try and find. Um, so we started working with them. And I think I need to tally it up, but it's just shy of about 8,000 meals, I think, we've managed to um, to turn around over about two weeks. And we've made cottage pies, lasagnas, um, spaghetti bolognese. Um, mint-based and we, we, things. <laughs> yeah, all, yeah, all mint-based things. Um, Nothing wrong with that. Them off. I, I, yeah, I, um, I live in South, yeah, I live in, um, in South London, so I spoke to a few community centres near to my house, um, the Max, Max Roach um, Community Centre in Brixton, and dropped off a few, a few um, probably about 150-odd meals there. So there's basically a lot of people who are really really struggling right now um for many reasons and they were struggling before coronavirus and now they're struggling even more so yeah we felt we could do some good um with the food we had in stock and um yeah we we sent out our last our last load of meals on i think it's just towards the end of last week so yeah now we're working out how we can kind of help and support these guys when we're when we're up and running and Tom, uh, we also hear that you've um, been running 80s themed hit classes and uh, and that you've gotten uh, pretty pretty into it. A bit too into it, to be honest with you. I'm going to feel a bit lost when it's all over. I've got a core of about 10 that, um, that are in there. Um, and then people, uh, because it's like live on live content, um, we get about 10, anywhere between about 6 and 10 people for the actual session. And then people use it as and when they want to because it's all just available. Um, 
I was just looking at the stats actually, Tom. And um, this might be interesting as well. Like, um, you, you're getting 300 people a week doing it. Oh, amazing! Wow, that's yeah, what, way more. What, than I so what's your total so workforce? Then, so 700 and something, and you're, okay. so 720. So you're doing two a week, and you're getting about 300 on each of them. So, and I mean, assuming some of them are the same people, you're probably covering maybe two thirds of the business and doing a hit class with you every week. That's amazing. Awesome. Man. I had no idea. Yeah. I think. So the, the live thing is a bit of a misnomer because I think it, we, the, the best thing about workplaces is you can go live, but actually, you know, it's unrealistic to expect 700 people to log in live at exactly the same point. So that, what these videos are becoming is actually just people log in and do your hit, hit session or do their yoga session in their own time, which is the whole point of this of this engagement program we've released, actually. And what about the um, the state of the nation um, ad- addresses you've been uh, giving your staff? Yeah, we take it in turns. Actually, the exec, um, the exec guys, so top manager directors, uh, manager director, office director, those guys are taking turns once a week to go live and just just update the guys. Really, just say, look, here we are. This is what we're up to. Because obviously, we're all beavering away in the background, trying to lay the lay the road for the next few weeks, and obviously keep jobs secure and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's really important that our staff kind of hear from us. And I think transparency. It's always been a big thing for us, by the way. We've always kind of honest by nature we've always tried to be quite transparent with our staff and our customers but i think this corona thing has just amplified that um so we're really really adamant that we're not going to hold anything back from them that as we get information they get it we're not going to cover everything up we're going to tell them what we're thinking and why we're doing stuff and that's what that state of the nation post is about we reported a few weeks ago that you've been working with non-restaurant companies to find work for your staff uh, during this period. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about how that um, worked? Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, we were getting, there were a few conversations, a few groups were all in, and we were getting word, obviously, there were some industries, whilst we were getting, losing customers, there were other people very much gaining them and struggling to meet the demand. So uh, our people team, um, some amazing guys in our people team, just really, just been thinking, some of the stuff they've come up with, I mean, a lot of this stuff that we're talking about is down to them really, like, and thinking outside the box and one of them was how can we how can we engage and they you know there's no magic formula or magic wand here they picked up the phone and they kept calling asda and they kept calling amazon and they kept trying to get through to the right people saying look we've got people who want hours you've got hours um and in some cases they met a lot of red tape right they you know it's like okay well i think i forget which company it was and i, and I wouldn't necessarily name them anyway but there was one company that was like okay yeah we need your people but they need to go through the online screening process and then there's a three-stage interview process and we're like what? <laughs> really like we're in crisis time and just take our people like get on with it you know throw some of the red tape away so we ended up with a few that actually said yeah look we're gonna we're gonna open the doors let's get them in and i think the uptake it wasn't huge in the end of the day i think 30 or 40 people oh. eventually went out and found work that's quite i mean i'd say that's quite that's quite a significant proportion i i would say at the beginning of this crisis you did um switch some of your restaurants to delivery only but you, but you stopped doing that pretty quickly as, as a lot of other businesses did have you thought about reopening any any of them we've been chatting a lot about it you know that's as soon as we closed, we were like, right, how can we open again? When what's when's the timing right? Um, so we've been putting a kind of real detailed plan in place. It's going to be in May, um, hopefully early May, um, that we're going to reopen a few select sites for delivery only with very strict measures in place for 
our teams in terms of when they you know get on site, they have their temperature check, it's recorded, um, as, as much PPE as we can provide um, and social distancing in our kitchens as best as we can advise as well, um, making sure delivery drivers stay outside. Um, we, we're not opening for collection um, or takeaway services, it's just for delivery and um, for the time being. But we just, as you know, I think I think it was kind of a bit of a dominoes effect when McDonald's and the big guys said, right, we're not doing this, we're closing up. Everyone felt a little bit of responsibility and not saying that, you know, because they do it, we did it, but there was definitely a, a bit of a pressure now. And I think yeah. everyone is, you know, you can sort of interject Phil if you want, but I feel like if people are starting to see the other concerns of coronavirus and yeah, they are, the, yeah. The fact that people are dying is significant, but there's a massive concern about mental health right now. And as commercial and capitalist as it sounds, the economy um, and trying to keep hold of our guys, because um, this could be this could be months. Right? We could be in this 12 months time for all we know right now. It all depends on this vaccine. So we're concerned a little bit about the furlough um, furlough extension. If it is going to happen at the moment, it's going to end end of May. Um, yeah. We're hearing the furlough has been taken up by a lot more businesses than the government expected. So yes. we're, we're, we're trying to protect the business and we're trying to protect the people that make up our business. I think we just went for that sentiment shift, aren't we? Like we felt a, we felt a sentiment shift to yes. close and that was before the government told us to do it. And I think what we're waiting for really is that sentiment to shift again. And I think we all feel it coming. I'm not saying it's happened yet, but we feel like... In the next couple of weeks, we've probably got through the peak of the virus. And I'm not a scientist, so don't quote me on that, obviously. But, um, and actually, that there's, 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 there is a bigger battle here, and that is the economy. Well, there's, a, there's another battle, maybe not a bigger one, is the wrong word, but there's a new battle coming our way. And that is, as employers, we have a responsibility to start greasing the wheels of the economy again and trying to get people out there. But I think the point to reiterate is if, if we do it, it will be done on a completely voluntary basis. So there'll be... We'll be we'll be sending out messages to our staff over the coming weeks to say, do you think you've had it? How do you feel? If you if there were hours, would you want them? And then we we'll take a view from there. And actually, what we're going to do is triangulate of the people that want to work and feel like it's safe for them to work. Where do they live? Which restaurant do they live closest to? And then we can kind of house them in one place and not have to move them around. And so. Like Tom says, we're, we're just thinking very differently about how we reopen to where we were when we closed. So I see. Making sure we do it doing the right way. Do you think that do some honest burgers restaurants lend themselves better to it than others? Obviously, I guess a cramped kitchen. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that the, the I think the social distancing point is I think to be to be candid, it's very it's going to be very difficult for us to socially distance our chefs in in, in most of our kitchens. So, I think we all we have to do is is put other preventative measures in place for that, and that is around you know we've got thermometers and we're going to be testing staff temperatures and that kind of stuff, asking if we think people already had it. Um, we think it's probably the, the better way to be you know, providing PPE for people who think they need it and uh, more, more, more drastic PPE than we have already, obviously. So um, I think um, what proportion we really of, to be what, what proportion of your uh, estate do you think might reopen in May? Have you, have you been able to think about that yet? Or? Yeah, we've got a reopening plan. We'll phase it in. So obviously, you know, we want to try and reopen the ones that are going to generate the most profit. not going to shy away from that, obviously. And, and, and just to be clear, look, profit for us right now, I think Tom alluded to it, that we created a window of job security for our staff, initially with our corona pay, 
that a lot of other people weren't creating. And then with the furlough, we've got a window of opportunity here, but we feel that that window is going to close and that they're going to be there's going to be jobs at risk again. And that's something that we can't really take uh, that kind of puts all edge. So for us, it's about dropping revenue into the business to make sure that we don't have to do anything. And looking a little bit further into the future, what about um, the, the, the prospect of, of reopening restaurants for eat in with social distancing measures in place? I mean, that's not a particularly attractive prospect for most restaurateurs that I speak to for, for, for various reasons. I mean, one of the most practical reasons being that, you know, you know, m- most restaurants can, can barely survive a, a sort of 20 percent dip in in, in in covers let, let alone sort of the, the 50 or percent ish that would probably be required if you had to space all the tables out what's your take on that yeah i think there's a there's an operating just be kind of financial for a second and there's a there's an operating model that needs to be worked out but i don't think any restaurant would consider this is unprecedented times so you know, you've got to weigh up how many, there'll be a tipping point is what I'm trying to get at really, where according to how many covers you've got and the delivery volume you're going to get, how many staff can you put in the restaurant to service that number before it becomes, you know, not profitable. And I just don't think anyone's done that. Well, we certainly haven't, maybe others have. We haven't done that piece of work yet, I don't think, uh, in terms of what our restaurants need to look and feel like. Um, I feel my gut saying it's too early to make those decisions yet because just, we just don't know what the, what the landscape's going to be like. I mean, we can look to Italy and Spain and see what those guys are up to, but I feel like it's a bit too soon to start yeah. talking about that model. I, mean, I think we need to nail this delivery model first. There's definitely some scary opinions coming out of um, of Italy. I don't think any of them are official, but you know, I think one the one general rule is that restaurants and cafes will probably be last for the lockdown um so yeah it's really hard like like phil said there will become a tipping point where for us you know we we are modeled specifically we have very small restaurants and we cram a lot of covers into them so you know you you start taking that away there's already going to be a drop in demand um because tourism is going to be pretty much empty for the, the, the next sort of foreseeable we imagine you then take away yeah. a load of covers, yeah, you're probably looking at, oh God knows, I mean, it's hard to put a number on it, but yeah, it's going to be a significant drop in demand, so it might not be worth opening until the lockdown is out, until maybe vaccines on the way, until, dare I say, there's a bit of normality to fall back on. Well, Tom, uh, Phil, thank you very much for uh, joining us, and best of luck with the, with the, with the business. Mm-hmm.